0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of MTG Rants. I'm Tanning Grace, as always, I'm joined by Ross Miriam, and uh, we're both. I think, f- are you fully recovered from this weekend? Because I, I got to say, it took me a little longer than normal to recover from this weekend.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm fully recovered. Um, I was probably. We're, we're recording this on a Thursday. I was probably fully recovered yesterday.
0: Yeah, I think yesterday was the
1: day for me. Yeah. Yeah, but you you flew home Sunday night, right? I did. So I you had, had a
0: crazy story with all that.
1: We'll get yeah, to in just a second. You had an extra night in your bed. We we drove back Monday after a pretty long night on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I, I know y'all stayed out late, and so like yeah. I think this episode is going to be a lot about that. I think we're going to talk a lot about uh, you know our first person. It's just like this is one of your first in person events. I know you went to Philly, but like big.
1: Like this oh, is literally yeah. number two, so you know at least that I had to travel for. You know, right. SCG Con in October, so like third overall, second traveling, and um, and the, and this is the longest one because I also got there early because it, we drove up. Uh, Todd and I drove up with Elliot Raff, the judge, um, and he had to work Lucky. Friday, so Lucky. we drove up Thursday. So it was the the longest trip I've taken since the the, the since twenty twenty.
0: Yeah, yeah. Lucky that you get Elliot Raff as well. Was he a good car mate? I bet you he's just an excellent car mate.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, he just he seems like polite and funny, and yeah, I'm a big fan of Elliot's. Look, didn't didn't mind taking music requests. You mm-hmm. know, did he just sing them himself? <laughs> <laughs> he did, he did not. The, the, for anybody sure who's listening that
0: knows Elliot and doesn't know this, he actually has a beautiful voice. But
1: anyway, yeah. continue. He was actually in a, a local uh, production recently that was very good. Uh, he was the lead. I'm um, so mad I missed that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so th- that was fun to go to, and uh, hopefully he does more of them. But I want to hear about your your travel snafu, because we saw each other over the weekend. So we, we, we mainly know what happened yeah. with each other over the weekend, but I don't know what happened with you traveling home.
0: So it wasn't a snafu. It's about how crazy is my life and how small is this world. So um, – uh-huh. Well, kind of just like, there, this will kind of just be like a mad rambling episode of what went on this weekend, so uh, those at home that like that, you're going to really love this episode. For people who like really structured stuff, this one might not be for you, but, <laughs> but we'll get into it. So uh, th- this one needs a little bit of backstory for everybody who listens to the show. If this isn't the first time you've listened, you know that like my favorite thing in the entire world is the Atlanta Braves, right? Like, Just a huge fan, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I actually wander over, so if everybody doesn't know, the, the way the, the venue was set up was like when you walk in, the right side of the venue was like flesh and blood, the left side of the venue was magic, and then down the middle was like all the, the booths and everything. You know where you know people could sell their wares and stuff, etc.
1: The moneymakers.
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually really enjoyed the setup because it felt like it was divided, but it wasn't really. You know what I mean? Like you could, because like. You notice this, like, if I ever actually had, like, a break where I knew that I wasn't having anything to do for, like, 30 minutes, I would wander over to the magic side, because I'm just like, I owe a lot of hugs to some people, and I want to see how my boys are doing, et cetera, et cetera. I right? received
1: several of these hugs.
0: Yeah, and this is the story of one of those hugs, so I come over to see how Ross and them are doing, and uh, I feel really bad about the timing of this, so I'll, t- I'll tell you why. So I come over, I've been watching y'all for, like, a few minutes, uh, I watch you block with an Ember cool and lose it in combat, which was hilarious. Yeah, that wasn't and, great. Yeah, I was like, uh Ross is probably not winning this game. I come over to this Immer play. I'm like, oh Ross is winning. And then I see like what's what's happening, and I'm like, oh, never mind, Ross oh. is losing.
1: So you missed them having one of their two paths on my Sarah's emissary right before mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I saw the,
0: the I saw the emissary in exile and I was like, this game it could not have been this this is not good.
1: I knew they had one hammer. They needed path second hammer to beat me after our creativity, then they oh, just man. did.
0: They they had it. <laughs> yeah. So, they just did. So I walk over during my break, because you know I'm doing commentary for the flesh and blood stuff. And I'm watching this go on. And a person who is active in this Discord, I don't know if I want to say their name or not, because I, like, I don't know if they want to have this, you know, be like known that it's them. Yeah, so they come anonymous. up. Yeah, they come up and they say like, hey, like, I'm, you know, give them a high five or whatever. And they're like, I have a gift for you. It's something that was given to me a long time ago. I've never really like used it or, you know, whatever. So I just kind of want to like pay it forward and give it to you. And so uh, don't think it's wrong, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay, it'll be, you know, some cool little gift, right? um what they gave me floored me you couldn't see it on my face because i'm wearing a mask but my jaw really like dropped and i almost cried like it was like it was that overwhelming they gave me an authenticated signed freddie freeman jersey so it's a full braves it's 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 one of his minor league jerseys which doesn't matter it's still a fully authenticated signed freddie freeman jersey and i didn't know what to do like (laughs) like, have you ever really has someone ever just surprised you with the gift and the gift is just perfect you know, it's not Christmas, it's not your birthday, like, and it's, like, not your significant other, you know, like, who, like, really knows you, and I was, like, yeah, this is, like, one of the most perfect gifts I've ever gotten, especially, with, like, what happened last week with Freddie leaving the team, you know, it, like, made me feel better, and, like, I'm gonna get it framed, that Jersey's in immaculate condition, it's it's just amazing, and I was, like, oh, my God, this is, this is, like, the best gift I've ever gotten, and it was, unfortunately, like, I had to, like, you know, I looked at my phone, I was, like, I'm on again in, like, five minutes, so I need to go saunter back over, so, like, I got to talk to them for, like, 60 seconds, you know, and I was like, oh, this feels really bad. It feels like I'm just like, yeah, thanks, man, peace, like, bye, you know, like, (laughs) don't don't, don't talk to, don't talk to, you know, the people who enjoy my content, you know, like the people who like keep me here, you know, and it felt really bad, but like, that's whatever, right? So then I think that was Saturday. Yeah, that was Saturday, if I believe, right? And so uh, Sunday night, and you know, we'll go into the more details of the other stuff. So Sunday night, uh, me and Brian Basoco are traveling home, but we're not, we didn't buy our tickets together. So we're on the same plane, but we're like in different different rows right so this this one's a little bit of a story I'll give you the build-up all right so I'm sitting on the plane I'm the aisle seat and I'm just like on my phone or something you know I'm like setting up to like watch a movie or something right so I'm in my own little world and somebody sits next to me and it's a woman who's about in my age range she's like dressed kind of stylish she has like nice jeans on like a leather jacket or whatever you can tell she's like you know she looks good right you know like whatever right and um, she sits next to me and someone comes walking down the aisle you know like people are getting onto the plane and I have to dodge a bag from hitting me in the face. Right? It's like, you know, the, you know the people like they have the bag that's like off their shoulder, you know? And I had to dodge to my right and I bump into her, and I'm just like, hey, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And this is the first time I actually noticed like that it was a, a woman. I was I was in my own world on my phone, right? I might have been texting people, you know, on Twitter. And I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. I was trying to avoid her. She's like, Yeah, yeah, I saw it. You're good, you're good. So I was like, cool. Minute or two goes by. Same thing happens again. I have to like kind of bump her a little bit, and I'm like, Hey, sorry, happened again. I swear to God, I'm like not trying to make a move or anything, you know? Yeah. And she and like she seems like she's generally like in a, you know, like a, a person who doesn't take stuff the, the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just generally a beat person. And she's like, nah, it's cool, I saw it or ever. She's like, I wonder if that would be a good move or not. You know, I wonder if that would work. And I'm just like, I don't know, that's that's kinda creepy, right? Like the guy just keeps bumping it. It's like creepy or like fourth grade ish, you know, like you yeah. know, when you pull the hair of the girl you like at school or whatever. And she's like, "Yeah, you're probably right. It's 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 probably kind of creepy." And I was like, "All right, cool." So I go back to my thing, and uh, I'm like reading my phone. And um, you know when you get that like feeling of like deja vu, or like you know something, but like you can't place it in the back of your mind, you get that like little tickle. Yeah, in the back that of your happens mind? to me all the time. Right. So I'm just like, "There's something familiar about this woman next to me," and that's weird, right? Like that's a strange thing. Cause that's random person who sat next to me on a plane. And I'm just like, "I know this voice." Right? So I look over at her. I'm just like, Excuse me, I'm, I'm now going to ask you a creepy question. Like I said, it like that. And she have to look at her <laughs> face, like she smiled or whatever. You know, like she, because like it was like right after yeah. we said this, all this happened in like three seconds, you know. I, I get the feeling that she knows exactly what's going on. I, I think she knew where I was going. Yeah. Cause like I could, I could kind of see in her eyes, like she's waiting for it. And I was like, Why do I know your voice? Like, why do I recognize your voice? And she looks at me and she's like, there's a chance you've heard it before, like, I, I'm i in broadcasting, I've, I've been on television and stuff, so I just look at her, I go, is your first name Kelly? And she goes, yes. And I'm like, oh my god, you're Kelly Kroll. And she's like, yes I am. And this is where it gets crazy, Kelly Kroll is the sideline reporter person for the Atlanta Braves. Like, what are the odds? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know when, like, after the game, they, like, they interview the player who like, the game oh, yeah. hit, and, like... You know, it's, it's always an attractive woman or whatever on the teams or whatever. That, that's her. And she, like, you know, the person gets dunked with the Gatorade or the V8 or, why I say V8? I have a V8 in front of me. Hey, sponsor me. You know, <laughs> dunked with the Gatorade or whatever. And I'm just like, holy shit. And she's like, oh, are you a Braves fan? And you've seen that little bag that I have. I just kind of pull it back a little bit because it's by my feet. And she's like, oh, okay. I show her the jersey. Like, I show her a picture of the jersey someone got me that weekend. We chat the entire plane ride. Like, I put my iPad away. I'm just like, whatever. We're just going to chat the whole time. She's like, shows me on her phone her text messages of like freddie freeman she's like yeah i was like talking to him today like when i show her the jersey i'm just like it just says freddie like for the you know what i mean like it's just so surreal
1: you know this is gonna be a great wedding yeah i know right it's gonna be a great <laughs> wedding so,
0: um anyway <laughs> and so he threw me and so uh, she's like, you know, what do you do for a living? I was like, well, look, it's not to your level, but I've been broadcasting. She's like, oh, explain it to me. And I'm like, I'm a huge nerd, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like you know, explain this, explain all of it to her. And she was gen- like, either she was being polite or she's generally a little interested. She's like, oh, you know, like, what's that like? You know, oh, you, you must get to travel a lot. Like, she's super, super sweet. And uh, we talk about it. And I even got to give her a hard time because I was like, look, bef- bef- before we continue any more conversation, because I need, I think you need to know this in case you don't want to talk to me anymore after this. I was like. I definitely didn't give you a fair chance when you first got hired the Braves. I was like, immensely skeptical when you walked in, and she was like, "Like, what's going on? What do you mean?" I was like, "Um, the, the girl that you replaced before you, she was an LSU alum. I'm also an LSU alum, so like, I was a big fan of her." And she's like, "Oh yeah, I get it, I get it." She's like, "How am I doing?" I'm like, "You're doing all right." <laughs> I was like, I'll, "I'll put up with it," you know. And so we just sat there and chatted, and so she was like, "Look, uh, what's your like end goal with your broadcast stuff?" And I was like, "Well." You know, I've always joked to my friends that I'd love to, be, you know, be involved in baseball, but I have literally zero background, like no foot in the door or whatever. And she's like, look, I can't guarantee anything, but here's my email address. And she's sitting here, her email address and was like, if there's anything I can ever do for you, let me know. And I was just like, okay, probably nothing is going to happen from this or come from this, but, like, we're definitely shooting a shot. You know what I mean? Like, we're yeah. definitely not – we're not leaving this one out there. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: this is – you know, you never know – what the moments in your life that are like the real turning points are until they already happen, you know it's always in hindsight that you recognize them. But th- this is one of those ones you're like, I kind of hope this is one.
0: Yeah. So she like <laughs> she follows me on Twitter now. So like you know I couldn't post on Twitter. Oh my god, just sat next to Kelly Kroll or whatever. You know, like I couldn't. You know I couldn't. Do, I couldn't be that person. But I was just like you know, I told a couple of my friends, I was like, guys, you'll never, you'll never believe he was on the plane next to me. And there's like some celebrity or, you know, like, like a, you know what I mean? Like a S tier celebrity, you know, like yeah. 8 million followers, you know, she's got a casual like 100k or whatever, you know, but like still, it's like, oh my god, it's Kelly freaking Kroll, you know? like, So it was, it was very surreal and like serendipitous and whatever word you want to use for this, but it's just like, kind of an unreal thing that it's literally just this person who their jobs to report on the Atlanta Braves. They also do the the football team and the in the basketball team. You know, as as the uh, thing goes around. But you know, I don't watch Hawk games. You know, and I definitely don't watch the Falcons. You know, and stuff. So it was kind of crazy. You know, I get off the I get off the plane and Brian's just like, what? He could like see it on my face. I'm like, hey, you see that girl? And she's like, and he's like, what? I was like, that, that's Kelly Kroll. And I had to like explain to him. He's like, dude, what the hell? You know. <laughs> so. It was just nuts. It was just nuts, and she's like, "Yeah, I wasn't even supposed to be on this plane. This isn't the normal flight that I take, you know, to go back." Because she was literally on her way. I gave her a hard time. I was like, "Aren't you supposed to be in spring training right now? You know, they're down there." And she's like, "Yeah, I'm going tomorrow you know, and all stuff." it was just really crazy. So I had a I had a pretty nuts weekend, other than the the typical stuff. So yeah, like that, can you that imagine you crazy. just can you imagine you just get on a plane and like you know one of the like the assistant coaches or something for the Utah Jazz is sitting next to you and like and props to me. I didn't fanboy super hard. I just like had a real conversation with her, but like obviously like anytime something with the team would come up like you know, we're we're on par for knowledge now. You know. It's <laughs> of so she in like I'm not going to lie, I got a couple inside scoops. I'm not, I'm going to keep them on the DL cuz it was professional courtesy. You know, she's like, "Hey, off the record." I'm like, "Yeah, off the record. Sure." You know, between you and me and the 4,000 people who listen to my podcast. Sure. <laughs> you whatever. <know>, or whatever, <laughs> or whatever but. so, no insider insider info. I'm, yeah I'm using I, I'm joking I got a little bit but anyway <laughs> so <laughs> I had to save this story for like five days and not tell you Ross yeah that's, like four I'm, days. I'm
1: honestly impressed by that
0: yeah I, I I wanted to tell everybody but I'm like all right deep breaths
1: so it'll be okay
0: <laughs> yeah so uh, how was the traveling on your end?
1: Uh, both car rides were great um, you know we left a little early in the morning for my tastes but uh um you know it's always it's nice it, it sucks when you're leaving but then when you get to the place kind of early
0: i actually fine. like getting in early i like
1: getting in early honestly the,
0: i think it's like the getting older stuff like do you, do you think it has something to do with that you and i just getting older I mean, like, um a little
1: bit i mean like to get settled On, um, but leaving you know the annoyance more had to do with the fact that we were out late on sunday you know our our typical plan, as you know, is, is Punch Bowl Social, which is nearby in downtown, and then they close at midnight. We you usually go somewhere mark. after that. Yeah. The bar that we used to go to that way back in the day had a shuffleboard table. The last time we went right before everything shut down, there was a open in Indian like late February of 2020. We tried to go there, uh, and the shuffleboard table was gone, but they had a pop shot machine, and so we just played pop shot. For a couple hours, well, that that bar now closed at midnight on Sunday, so we had to find a different place. We found a place that was open, expecting to just hang out and have a few more drinks, but turns out this place had a cornhole set outside, so we started playing cornhole. <laughs> and it's a this little outside patio area that we're all in progress
0: Because everybody at home wants to know this: who's the best cornhole player out of everybody?
1: Um, you know, when we were playing at Punch Bowl, I was doing pretty well. Um, at this last place, Corey was playing out of his mind. Okay. So, you know, there's, I don't think there's anyone who's head and shoulders above the group, but the two of us, um, CGB, who was there, he was also pretty good.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and then, uh, but we were playing, uh, we're, we're playing cornhole and there's this group of people all the way down the other end of the patio. And one of them walks over and wants next. And his friend who is very clearly not interested, he for, he forces to play. And this guy, whose name is Cortez, is unbelievable. He's just like, min 10 every round. Right? Uh, which is, you know, three bags and, and one on the board. And uh, dominates the game. And then his friend is done. Just doesn't want to play anymore. So Kaori teams up with Cortez. And then me and Anderson play against them. And in the second game... Cortez cannot hit the board. (laughs) I've I've never seen such a a huge disparity.
0: Just a pure 180.
1: Yeah, just completely lost it. And this man was um, severely inebriated. So it was at least somewhat uh, understandable. And so despite the fact that Corey was playing out of his mind, Anderson and I won the game, (laughs) which was Mm. kind of ridiculous. Uh, And then he bought us a round of shots because he lost, which was great. Uh, But... Indie is always, uh, is always super fun. I would say Saturday at uh, at Fogo, which is my first time by the way. I would assume
0: that's yeah. your first time going to one of these places. i always you, ass- you and
1: I aren't the, the typical Fogo goers. Yeah. People had always told me about this like big salad bar and I was always like, eh, it's probably not that it's, good. It's always all let down. It's not as
0: good as it feels. Yeah. Uh is. it's just but- it's just mono cheese, so for someone like me it's like Oh kind of
1: sure. Skirt. See yeah. but the cheese was delicious and yeah, I of found course. it great. Yeah. Um, and I went because our our meal was free. Um they get and you a gift card yeah yeah it's it good anywhere yeah. uh so uh that's a little inside joke between Tannin and, and me uh,
0: that was hilarious by the way yeah so we, we can maybe uh,
1: explain that later but yeah so, so i go and it's the four of us who are all, all we're all rooming together which was my team me and uh todd and harlan and anderson um and so the four of us are there and I like just keep going around the salad bar, finding different. Uh, when it, like people always describe it as a salad bar, and it's not just like making a salad with fixins. Like this is a, this is like a. Um, in fact, I want to say it's not that at all. It's like yeah, not it's, actually it's a, a salad it's bar. A, it's like a deli bar to me. Yeah, like it, it's a lot of prepared foods. Like you know, there was three bean salad and rice uh, beans. Yeah, soups. in the back it's it's a feijoada bar. Which uh, the, I asked the the server, and the black beans were not vegetarian, so. Uh, I was unable to partake in those. Are but, they like,
0: cooked in pork fat or something?
1: Yeah, and yeah. and with feijoada, that's traditionally what they do. It's the national right. dish of yeah. Brazil. Uh, for those who are unaware, that shit's good by the uh, way. Yeah, <laughs> before I was vegetarian, I've, I had had it. It was very good. Yeah. Um, but regardless, like I ate a lot, and then we I ordered an entree, which was the cauliflower steak, and I've had cauliflower steaks before. It I'm usually a pretty big fan. Um, this one was parmesan crusted, and good? they somehow managed to get it like pleasantly chewy. Which is a difficult thing to do. Oftentimes when... Like, it, it doesn't... It really was... Pleasant? It was weird, Pleasant? but I really liked it. Did
0: you say pleasantly
1: chewy? Yeah. It was just Those like... words a, are not Like it was tender. They, the the they, cauliflower was cooked. There, okay. was a, there were a couple pieces right in the middle that I were a little under for me. This, so I would have yeah. liked to like give it two more minutes and it would have been yeah. perfect.
0: I guess I get what you're trying to say because someone says chewy involved of any form of steak i'm just like uh, <laughs> yeah. you know like i don't know about that i don't know about that one chief <laughs>
1: but like the, the the crust got a, got it to be a little bit chewy and, and it was flavorful it was, it was really good it's the the best cauliflower stick i've ever had um and the what's the the brazilian cocktail that they serve uh caipirinha and uh, not nah. I'm never sure how to pronounce it, but uh that's going over my head it, here. It's it's their national drink. They we had a, I had a couple of mango habanero ones of those, which were delicious. So d- dinner that night with you know the the three of them, we had a great time. Uh that was super fun. Uh all all the weekend was great. My teammates were great. I did not have a good day too, didn't win a lot of matches with creativity. Um I uh I did not. I, I meant to put in my list before the tournament for our, our patrons. I forgot to do that, so I'm going to give you all a whole breakdown afterwards and an updated deck list. So oh, yeah. that that'll be coming soon, and hopefully that's even more valuable because I did not like my deck list in particular for the Has weekend. Soon, uh, yeah. So um, honestly, I, I'm I'm going to I'm trying to work on that tonight once I'm done with some uh, some chores I've got to do. Uh, so you, you'll probably see that before you listen to this. Um, but yeah, didn't pro- it was the first time I didn't really love creativity though. Corey played a very similar list to me and went seven one with it. Uh, unfortunately, that that team did not day two him him Pete and Ely. They 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 finished x two one despite taking only five individual match losses all day. They just like three every yeah. everyone, and then barely lost certain matches. It was that's uh, the
0: key. That's the key. You got you to spread those losses. That's yeah, the best way and that's
1: what we did poorly in day two as well. We we went two three as a team with six individual match losses. Yeah, <laughs> not great.
0: Nope. You can't three over everybody. You got to two one everybody. Yeah, and exactly. For the food thing, we actually did pretty well too. Um, we we went to Fogo the same night you all did. We had a group of about like fifteen. We had to call we called this in you know weeks ago because we yeah. we knew it was like everybody and they were or everybody yeah, is everybody from our Discord that doesn't exist? It's a joke within the yeah. community. We have a we have a Discord. People ask us to join. We're like, oh, there is no Discord. Whatever. Um, one of the one of the fun experiences for me when it came to that is two of the New Zealand players, including the number one ranked player in the world, came and hung out with us. You know, we're all friends, or whatever. And they sat across from me, so I got to watch them experience a fogo like experience for the first time in their lives. And about like three or four bites in, or three or four of their like. You know the they come around with the meat selection. Yeah. But the third or fourth when he's like, Wait, they just keep coming? And I'm like, Yeah, and he goes, God bless America like <laughs> you know, stuffs another big bite of meat into his face. And then and then sitting directly to my right is an NFL player. There's an NFL player that plays a lot of flesh and blood that hangs out with us, a guy named Dalen Mack, and uh he he put he put down some food. That dude destroyed some steak. It's also it's like it's not. It's not just the amount. It's like anytime the steak hits his plate, it's just gone immediately. It's like a dog. You know, when you give your dog a big <laughs> piece of food, and you think, like, oh yeah, oh they're gonna love this, and they just inhale it. You know, it's like that. He just destroyed everything that came into his path. So, um, the only reason I even part I even partook is uh, one of my co casters lost a bet to me uh, last year, and we had bet dinner, and he's like, hey, I'll cover you here, and I was like, all right, cool. Then I'll eat this. Otherwise, like, it's not worth the money to me. Because like you know, I don't. I eat four or five meals a day. Usually, I don't eat one large meal or two large meals, and like I don't like overdoing it. So, you know, when I when I don't even eat like thirty dollars worth of food, I don't want to pay double that for it. But uh, it was a good experience, though. The food was good. You know, I found one that I really liked. I was like, hey, can I get some more of specifically that one? You know, the uh, the sodium level was like perfect on it for me, with like the the outside perfectly charred and stuff for me. But sorry for describing meat to you, Ross. But you're good. I'm I'm back eating
1: meat, so. The, when, uh, but yeah. I, I had dinner at Fogo. I think I saw some meat. <laughs> they, they, they they ordered one of the like wagyu ribeyes that came out yeah. on a heated salt block. And...
0: Speaking of vegetarian, uh, during the casts we got Chipotle both days because it was just something that we could all order from easily. Uh, you know Brian is vegetarian. That was on our Brian uh, Gottlieb is vegetarian, and one of the days when we order food, I was just like, yeah, get me something like small and easy. Like, you know, it's not going to mess my stomach up. They're like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't ever go to Chipotle. Like, just tell me, I'm like, just get something. Someone's like, are you cool? with like a couple tacos. I'm like, yeah, that sounds perfect. Just give me something like chicken tacos or something. And they give me the tacos and I open them up. And all that was in it was rice and tomato. Like, I don't know who has ever ordered. Can I just get a rice taco in their life? Like even vegetarian tacos, there's like, give me veggies in it. You know, yeah, like give me like the this you know the fajita veggies also, or whatever. Also, like rice isn't
1: supposed to really go into tacos.
0: Yeah, literally, the taco was rice with like the little you know the little uh the, like the salsa tomatoes. You know, the little, the little finely chopped. Yeah, pico de gallo, diced. Yeah, but like it wasn't wet though either. It was like I don't know. It was, it's hard to explain. I was like, I just ate it because I was hungry, but I was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, like, as a as a mess up. I'm like, can you imagine a person making this? Like, what the hell was this order? You know. Like, <laughs> I was like, you must have just like double clicked the chicken part or something, you know, like whatever. I don't know. I you know, I wasn't mad or I just ate it and I was like whatever, I'll, I'll do fine. I don't like eating a ton while I'm while I'm working anyway. You know, you don't want to be like burpy or uncomfortable when you're doing a live show. So uh the the show went really, really well uh overall. We had a, a rough start, a rough start. Uh the first round we fe- we featured Dalen Mack, the guy I was talking about, the NFL player, and his opponents didn't show up. So he's just sitting there in the feature match area. We're like, you know, we're building it up, right? You know, because it's the first match of the day. So we have like that five-minute buffer. So we're like, yeah, Dalen Mac, this, Dalen Mac that. I have a, a nice little funny story with him. Um, he went to Texas A&M. And, he, you know, he always teases me all the time where like he has a, he has a, a, a really good photo of him. It's like mid-tackle of him sacking Joe Burrow because he played at A&M while Burrow was at LSU. And stuff, and uh, he always sends that to me, you know, and then I'm just like, oh, how'd y'all do that season again, and how'd, how'd we do that season? Oh, yeah, and I just, like, send the ring, you know, like, <laughs> I send the picture, I was like, what, how'd y'all do, like, just point to the ring or whatever, so we give each other shit with that stuff, but, like, his opponent doesn't show, so we sit there for, like, 10 or 15 minutes talking about it, and they are like, alright, well, we'll do the backup match that we haven't built up any anything for, so we do the backup match, and then around round two, we had a very unfortunate thing where there was a super long judge call in our main match like super long right and then we're waiting to switch over to the backup match and rob in the booth you know is anybody who watches your, who watched your show uh versus live knows you know rob's doing doing our our uh stuff yeah he's like all right well he's like we, we can switch over whenever we can figure out about the other one like he's telling my ear and like we're on live right now so Brian and I like I can't talk back to him so he's like yeah we're trying to figure out what to do because there's a long judge call in the other one now too so both of them ended up having a long judge calls and by the time all of it was said and done and and fixed we had was only like eight minutes left in the round and they're like okay well we'll just see y'all for round three so round two is like five minutes of flesh and blood and about 25 minutes of me and Brian just what's called for everybody at home you don't know what vamping is that's what vamping is you just talk and so Brian and I just talk about literally anything for 20, 25 minutes. And uh, I think we did a pretty good job, but afterwards you're just like, what the hell man? Cause eventually you run out of stuff. Oh, okay. like, you're just like, I, I don't, I
1: don't know what to do. You're running on fumes. You start talking about making jetpacks. Yeah.
0: Uh, for it was, a, it was a joke. We wanted to joke to make sure that like everybody at the audio thing, uh, in the background, I mean, behind the scenes knew that it's fake when we were doing the audio, uh, checks, they had the video up of like the table with the chairs and one side had two chairs and one side had a chair and a stepladder and Brian and I had a five minute discussion on the meta between two chairs and a chair versus a stepladder and the strengths and weaknesses of both on like who would you know if you brought two chairs we brought a chair versus a stepladder and we did this and they were just rolling because like you know we're we took it it was a hundred percent serious we were like deadpan talking about it. I'm like well like you know Two chairs, man. That you got the you got the synergy thing down. You know, if one of them doesn't work, then you you know what you're doing with the other one. You you, you've been you've been with a chair before. You've had a chair, right? You've got a chair right here. So here's your backup chair. And then Brian's like, Yeah, but sometimes, man, you got to reach that thing on the top shelf, and that's when the stepladder really comes in. I'm like, Yeah, but if you need somewhere to sit, and then you you got a buddy who also needs somewhere to sit, now he's uncomfortable. What's he gonna do? Sit on the stepladder? He's got no
1: lumbar support.
0: Exactly. It's not the same, Ross. (laughs) It's just not the same. But you know, look, higher ceiling, lower floor. So you know, do you prou- do you uh, do you do you like consistency? Which you know, two chairs, or or do you like power creep? You know, if you if you want to have something that has that like a little ability to go over the top of your opponent, you know, get a little bit higher than they are. You know, you got you to like throw in the little you know the little pun or whatever. You know, get a little
1: higher than they are. You got to bring the step. I and mean, we did this for a solid five minutes, like deadpan. And you know, in those mid-range mirrors, you always want to be a little bit bigger than your opponent. Little, yeah, you yeah, want to be on top of. Them.
0: Yeah, pretty much that. It's like they're just giggling the whole time, and then when it's done, Brian goes, "Yeah, just so y'all know, j- this isn't actually real." <laughs> he's like, you know, he's like, "Just so you know, any- anybody could talk about it. We can do this for anything." <laughs> so it was a, it was a nice, it was a nice goofball weekend. But um, overall, the show was, uh, actually utterly insane in my opinion. Um, unfortunately, Craig Cripples couldn't make it, so we had to last minute replace him, and thankfully we had one of the other like Flesh and Blood commentators. He had gone to um compete. And we found out about this like literally the night before I was going to leave. So I packed an extra blazer for him and there's a mall like attached to the this, the convention center. So I was like, hey man, just go buy two shirts real quick. And He's like, yeah, yeah I got it. So we had the replacement like in house. It all worked out really well. One of the coolest things is the average player in Flesh and Blood is just getting better and better. And at this time last year, like the average player was nowhere near where they are today. So the average match is just so much better now. They're so good. Like, like this is you know i think every calling from now on or every grand prix for all the magic players at home like it's just gonna be the hardest one that there's ever been pretty much from now on because the average player is just so much better now than they used to be uh do you remember michael hamilton i do he not it's some pretty good he has some pretty good results in magic he won the calling this weekend it's his second win in a row that's pretty good yeah, he won the one at Nationals last year while Nationals was going on on the side. So, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, the guy's got a, a nice bright future ahead of him, did really well, had a really cool build of the most popular deck, which is really interesting. You know, it was really good in the mirror, and he had, like, a good plan versus some of the other decks and really got to showcase it and stuff this weekend. So that was a really cool thing to do. Love in doing these shows. It seems like the next one, I got, I got something in the works in between, but I don't want to say anything about that yet in case it doesn't happen, but we've got the Pro Tour coming up after this. And uh, crossing our fingers on that one, that one's gonna be a banger. That one's gonna be nice. When is that going on? Uh, the exact date I don't have, but it's in like I think mid-May if I remember right. I haven't booked yet, so I haven't booked for the exact date or whatever. I think it's like early to mid-May, and because uh, I got to figure out like what days I actually need to be, you know, like on site, and then we might go up early to do some testing and stuff because I'm going to prepare for this event as if I'm playing in it. You know, because I, I find that helps me the most. Yeah, that's that's we're, basically we're how stuff. Corey does things, too. Yeah, I, I maybe not the exact same, you know, because I have to, like, memorize card names for other decks and stuff. But, like, I want to know the, like, top decks very well inside and out so I can do my job as best as possible. Plus, this one doesn't have limited attached to it, so it's a little bit easier. The second one is going to have limited attached to it because the new set comes out right before it or whatever. So... That'll be interesting if I'm doing that one. That one's in France. We don't know where yet, but I'm assuming Paris. But um, could, we don't know be, the stuff on that. I don't even know if I'm. Could be in the south I'm of not sure if I'm doing that one or not. Could, yeah, it could be in Could it be could in the of France. Uh, yeah, I was about to say. Could be in a couple of different cities, but I would guess Paris, you know. But, have you been to Paris
1: before? I
0: have. I have. Uh, for magic or, about or so, like,
1: for actually enjoying yourself?
0: Actually enjoying myself. This is that one where. Uh, we talked about this for like a moment on the cast about a year and a half ago, and I was like, "It's a really bad story. I don't like telling the story very much." Do you remember this? And everybody in the Discord was like trying to get get me to tell it. I was like, "Maybe at one point I would, but like, it involves an X and stuff. It's just a it's just a long crazy story." I remember this. It could te- it could be turned into a movie or a book. 100. It's uh, what's the? Th- it's like a Nicholas Sparks thing or whatever the guy's name is, but like, not with a good ending. So. <laughs> <laughs> A very realistic ending. How about yeah. that? You know, but you'd have a lot of hope along the way, you know, kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, just utterly crazy stuff. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this year. It's going to be nuts.
1: Yeah. Um, I hope they announce some more SCG cons soon. I hope we get one in Roanoke this year. I assume Well, I'm kind of assuming that the June one is going to be in Roanoke. Like, you know... Just do two in Roanoke. Yeah, yeah or, or, like the, like they more. have done yeah. before. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't see why not, yeah. right? It's kind of cut cost by an immense yeah. amount. Plus, it's better for me, and that's all I care about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I was going to say. Plus, you get to sleep in your own bed. I have uh, a couple questions. How do you think the event overall went
1: this weekend? Uh, so on the magic side of things, day one was rough.
0: Well, I, I don't mean like like your your personal team. I just like meant the the whole thing. Yeah, overall. no, I'm talking.
1: Well, okay, the, yeah, the, it's the opposite for our personal team. But in terms of how the event was run, day one was rough. There were issues with melee the issue was mainly it, it's sort of user error i guess as we figured out so uh, you know they were they're doing match submissions on the on melee on mobile so after the, they're taking a lot of feedback about this yeah.
0: by the way so you probably should so you
1: after the match you would get out your phone and you would hit whichever side won because in team events it doesn't matter if you win 2-1 or 3-0 it doesn't affect your breaker or saw yeah you just hit 10 towards the side that wins and then hit submit well the when you're on uh, a bra- or normal browser on a desktop or a laptop the there's a confirmation uh box that comes up to hit like are you sure that this is how the match result uh you know went and that pops up pops up at the top of the screen but obviously like it's all one you know you you can fit the entire screen uh you know uh on you know a normal computer and you just hit it well on mobile it's above where everything else is so you can't really see it and then it looks like the the app or the the looks like the web page is just stalling out because you don't see the confirmation box at the top
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but even if you knew about that the screen would lock so you couldn't scroll up unless you zoomed in the page then for whatever reason it let you scroll Pro
0: tip: Zoom in.
1: So they started putting out match slips because people were complaining of having issues submitting through melees. And then they said, "Well, if, if you're able to submit online, then you know you don't have to submit a match slip. But if you want to, you can." So there were just like match slips everywhere that didn't get used. It didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, the event ran fairly slow um, because it, it was quite large. And then at the end of the day, Elliot showed me that like what I could do to actually submit matches and from then on everything was fine and then on sunday you didn't even have to hit hit the confirmation as soon as you just hit you know your side it would submit so there were no absolutely no issues on sunday we were down to 100 people uh after the cut and so everything was super smooth sunday um we were done we were done with the swiss at two o'clock when we started at nine yeah so we were done and we did five rounds in five hours that's and impressive. for a
0: team, that's like flesh and blood territory,
1: right yeah. there. Yeah, and for for a, and for a team event too. Team events tend to go longer because people's yeah. matches go longer because they're talking with their teammates over different things. Um, so you get more people in time, more people going deep in time, especially if there's you know a uh, uh an extension for a deck check or a judge call or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I so Sunday was it was awesome. We like we we couldn't believe it. We were just like done at two o'clock. Like, what did we do? What do I do with yeah. myself? Yeah. <laughs> what do I do with my hands? We, we had we had two meals after after the tournament was over. We had lunch and dinner. Yeah. That never happens. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, so we ran longer than
0: usual in fact. So we were the other way around. Yeah. In fact, I was not even in the building for the finals. Like the finals that is going on, I was already on my plane meeting Kelly Kroll.
1: <laughs> yeah, you had important things to do.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just like I do right now. I'm like, if anybody can hear her, my dog is now in my lap, so you might hear a little extra, the third person of the cast. Nice. So,
1: so uh, I suspect that things will get smoother as they get used to running tournaments with Melee. Um, the fact that they were able to create such a huge difference in a, you know one night uh, was encouraging, but yeah, d- day, day one was rough. Now, as for our actual team, day one was great. We went 7-1, and then day two was rough when we went 2-3, including losing the last two rounds, and we, we kind of thought the last round was a winning in. As it turns out, uh, we, we were, you would have gotten seventh. we were yeah, we would have gotten seventh because uh, Drake Sasser's team would have leapfrogged us. And going into the round, they were like, it, it was some of the closest tiebreakers I've ever seen. It was like in the second decimal point and, you know, hundreds of different. So we knew we were a coin flip with them, but we were, I guess, like 50.1 probably in the coin flip, but their breakers went up by a percentage point and ours went down by half a percentage point.
0: So it wasn't just your matches, it was other matches. Yeah, division,
1: we got obliterated right? uh, tiebreaker-wise in the last round. So we would have finished seventh with yeah. a win, which honestly made us feel a little bit better uh, because losing the last yeah. two, if both of them are winning ends, is pretty bad. Who knows what hap- Like If we win-lose, you know, what happens to our breakers then? Maybe we still make it in. Uh, so maybe it was the round before that was a winning in, but that's just speculation. It,
0: sound- it sounds like Dallas all over again for us, where you, and me, and I think it was Harlan lost three winning ends in a row or something like that. It was... Kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think that was me, but... Oh, that might have been Brandon, Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, I can't remember. Usually, you, I assume you're my yeah. teammate, so... Uh, they all blended into one, Ross. I apologize.
1: But it but. was still fun. Um, you know, it, t- t- Todd would be done with his match well before Harlan or I would. Because uh, yeah. Harlan was playing a slow, plotting, legacy control deck, basically. Like, a, no, Azorius Stoneblade Harlan. control with eight basics.
0: Har- no, not
1: Harlan. Uh, and uh, creativity, you know, can play out some really long games. And Todd was playing Nia Noda and Pioneer. So <laughs> someone's dying. real yeah. fast. Uh So you know, both days early in the morning, he would finish and be like, "Okay, do you want me to stay and potentially help you all, or do you want me to like go get some food and you can pay me back later?" Or Like, get food. <laughs> and yeah, sure. at the end of the day, it was like Harlan's like, "I don't care how many matches you win, you're the MVP." <laughs> yeah, you the MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Uh, overall, like you know, there there were some there were some kinks. Obviously, I mean, it's going to happen. The first event of this kind, like we've never had an SCG Con where it's a split event, right? Where it's two different games going on, one has coverage, one doesn't. There's just a ton of shit going on, right? You know. And I got to say, overall, I think they did a really, really good job of making sure everything was done at a good time, the good pacing. If there were delays, there was never an excessive delay. At least, not not on our side. You, was there ever an excessive delay on your side? Uh, I mean,
1: day one, we were consistently hitting 15, 20 minutes over uh, on the round clock. You're kind of used to that. Yeah so, yeah. so, like, there was never a round that went to like thirty. But yeah, you know, we were just consistently kind of far over.
0: Round when you were like what the hell is going on yeah exactly so i do think that this is something they can do more of in the future and that they might look into doing more of in the future because why not right if you're going to rent this big ass space and have room for everything like why not if you know if it's possible run the other event as well you know you get a you get a decent bit of crossover you know i don't think there's going to be too many people that are going to be mad about the fact that like they have to choose between the two cuz like you you have options before you did not have options there's um where oh, there's three more 5Ks attached and the modern 5K had like 350 people or something in it. You know, it just had a, just a billion people in it, What you know, for a day two event at one of these events. So, I gotta say, I think this weekend was a resounding success. I mean, I don't know from within Star City Games, you don't know what the secondary market looked like, but I'm assuming they did really well. Every time I looked over, there was people in line waiting to sell their cards, waiting to buy cards. So, I gotta say, this is something you might see more of in the future. Maybe not like every S C G Con. Like, I don't think it's just gonna be both games back and forth but I think it's going to be something similar to this and speaking of that I did want to like touch on this a little bit because I do think our next episode of the podcast is going to be one of our most listened to or one of our most highly debated episodes that we've ever had because in a couple days we're getting the OP announcement from Wizards and I've heard some things not going to name any names but people like the leak stuff and blah 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 I'm hearing it's a good one and I'm hearing that we're going to be surprised in a good way. And I'm hearing that we're going to be happy about this. And so for everybody at home that misses Paper Magic, I'm pretty sure it's back. You know, from the John, John Wick meme, oh, yeah, I'm back, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Um, I'm pretty positive we're going to get a lot of that kind of stuff back. And if having two large events going on at the same time is a the thing they, they can do, I you know, we might see more of that in the future. I think this is going to be great for the game. I hope they don't word it in a way that's like they're doing a favor for us because we've been asking for this since the MPL started, yeah. you know, kind of thing. We're like, you're not doing us a favor.
1: You're, you're behind. Yeah, you don't get to take sure something the- away and give back, you know, 80% of it and say, you know, yeah. you're welcome. Cause I, will,
0: I, I will make my prediction. I'll make my prediction that it's going to be pretty much the old system, the one that Flesh and Blood borrowed, but it's going to be almost exactly like Flesh and Blood is doing it. Like you're going to have PTQs the winner m- might get a playing ticket. I mean, it depends on the money. If not, I think what they might do is do what Flesh and Blood is doing, where the winner gets some kind of collectible that's like, you know, collectible card or some, some promo that's worth a decent bit of money, right? And uh, you'll you'll have stuff like that. So you have PTQs, you'll have GPs, right? And then you'll have the Pro Tour back with like paper Pro Tours. But there won't be, there will be some way to reward the people who do well consistently, right? Like you'll get some points or something, but there won't be any prize for the points other than qualifying for more. Yeah, there won't be any monetary compensation. Yeah, there won't be like player levels and stuff like there was in the future. I think they're going to cut some of the money out of it. They're going to trim the fat and just be like, if you really want to do this, you can, but it's going to take a little more of a commitment on your side and less of a commitment from our side kind of thing, which I think is reasonable with, you know, you're going to have to make concessions to have this back because it's just not feasible for them monetarily anymore or They just don't want to give us that money anymore. It's
1: one of those two things. It's probably a little bit of both. It's not that it's not feasible. It's just that they've realized they can make more money allocating the money elsewhere.
0: I was—that's what I was trying to say, Ross, just a little more candidly, maybe.
1: But I'm the one that's my guess. You were trying to be tactful.
0: Tactful. There we go. Sure. Sure. I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So uh, that's my guess. You know, I could be, I could be wrong, could be off base somewhere, but I'm guessing that's what we're going to get. So our next episode is going to be us diving into that quite a bit. Oh yeah. And so, so definitely look forward to that. Um, that's probably going to be what the entire episode's about. It'd probably be me being very angry at some stuff and very happy at other stuff, and then Ross just being himself, so angry (laughs) at a lot of things.
1: So, um, happy only if the Jazz win.
0: Yeah. Or if there's a, we'll just make sure you have a beer or two before, okay, and during. Just bring a beer, and we'll be, we probably be alright. Always do. (laughs) you win, you always do, yeah, uh, so I'm I'm excited to talk about that, because, like, I I just want to see a brighter future for the game, you know, because, like, it was annoying to get tagged a lot on social media about it, but I heard it happened a lot in the chat and stuff on Twitch this weekend, where people were like, you know, oh my god, you're covering flesh and blood and not magic, what is this, y'all sold these people out, like, blah, 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 Matt, uh, wizard i mean sorry uh scg had nothing to do with it lss like contacted them hey do you want to run one of these events and they're like yeah we can fit it in at our scg con and They're like okay here's the money to do coverage pay some people and use your people because like lss it cost them infinite to send people and all this stuff when they're just like oh we can just pay y'all with your existing stuff to do this okay and like while i understand that it shows, it's it definitely doesn't have great optics right like they fire a bunch of people and then immediately do coverage of another game. They were paid to do this, like we we were paid by LSS. You know, we were paid by the people from Flesh and Blood. So like, you can be mad at Carsey for what they did, but like, think about it a little bit. You know, before yeah, you know, think, get get all the information. It's not a, this wasn't a hundred percent
1: SCG driven. Yeah.
0: Yeah, don't tag situation. me and Gottlieb in this.
1: Like, we, we have nothing to do with
0: it. <laughs> we're, like, we're literally paid actors, yeah. you know?
1: Like... Have, have some understanding of the situation. Sorry, my
0: dog was freaking out and I had to, like, pick her up and her foot got caught on the wire from, <laughs> of my headset, so she was, like, flailing. Did you see her flailing all over the place? Oh, yeah. yeah. For everybody at home, if
1: you heard some of that, sorry about that. Not, not that yeah, you can like... really see her legs sticking out through all the floof. Because... You can see yeah. just a foot. You can see just a yeah. foot. Yeah. It really just looks it's like real- an undulating wave of floof.
0: <laughs> that's a, an undulating wave of floof. That's that's the name of the next Pomeranian I get, I get. again. <laughs> UWF. <laughs> undulating wave of floof. There we go. So, but yeah, so like overall, I got to say pretty big success from the weekend. I did miss the homies, as the kids would say. You know, getting to hug everybody, getting to say hey, you know, getting a, getting a lot of fist bumps. It it felt like it never went away, kind of right. Like it felt normal. It's just like riding a bicycle. I, what if we know how to ride a bike? <laughs>
1: so, I mean, I do know how to ride a bike, but it's all the same stuff, you know. And it does feel a little weird, you know. I, I guess now this is, you know, as far as big tournaments, this is the third one I've done. the The SCG Con in in October, the first one back. That one definitely felt weird. Just hadn't done it in forever um you know playing that caliber of tournament and but it, it, it comes back pretty quickly especially for someone like me who's probably played you know uh god it's probably 10 years of tournaments probably played about 300 maybe more 3 400 hmm. um and so you know you're talking thousands of individual rounds and uh you know that, that doesn't just go away even after such a life altering uh, you know, situation that we've been through the last two years and are still going through.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean that's the norm right now and it's I don't think it's changing anytime soon. You know, depending on where you're at and who you're around, but I think SCG and Channel Five are gonna keep their foot down, which I'm I'm very happy about. You know, it makes me feel safer at the events. You know, Brian was talking about the anxiety that he went through because like this was like I think the first he went to S C G con I think if I remember right but this is one of the first ones I think that he flew to if I remember right I don't, I don't want to speak for him too much but he was saying you know he had some anxiety problems and you know he was hesitant to do so but you know hearing that he had to you know have perfect vaccination you know wear a mask or a negative test you know all that stuff like definitely helps out quite a bit and I've just never had a problem with it I think it's great I wear a mask everywhere I go still I'm actually like more comfortable with it on than off in fact, if I ever even have to have one off, it's like pretty anxiety inducing. Yeah. Except for when I'm in the booth, I'm in the booth with like one other person, the mask off. Like when we're doing the job, it's just it's just whatever. Also, like I know uh, I talk to the other guys about it. And I know that we all do this. I don't I don't know if all casters do it, but uh, I self quarantine for like at least five days before an event when I know that I have to be in close contact with somebody from another part of the country for hours at a time, and we're gonna be sitting right next to each other with no mask on. So like. If one of us is sick, the other one's probably getting it kind of thing. It's like, I'm going to do my part and just be like, look, I went to the grocery store with a mask on. That's it. You know, I'm not going in public. Like, I'm not going to a party. I'm not going to a bar. You can do whatever you want with your life at home. But like, I'm going to be responsible for myself and the people around me, especially when it comes to that, because they don't really have a choice to how I act. Right? Yeah. You know, they don't get to control my life, but I can make theirs better and I can make theirs safer, especially someone... Like Brian or you know me, who is a little more serious about this and like still takes it very seriously and still worries about this kind of thing, and so I just take it very seriously and you know kind of do do my thing. You know when it comes to that, I'm not saying anyone else has to do it. I'm saying that's that's what I do, and that's all what makes me feel better. I will it.
1: say the world is a better place when we uh, don't think so individualistically. When we take others into account in our you know daily lives and our regular decision making. You know, and they do the same. It's the rising tide lifts all all ships kind of thing. Oh my god, just saw Benny kind of waddle out and you know, get, get, yeah. get the view from behind as she's walking out the room. It was adorable.
0: Yeah, <laughs> She's it's like, okay,
1: great. I guess I'll go over here now. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not paying enough attention. To yeah, her.
0: yeah, yeah. Thankfully, she's not. She's not. She was getting a little vocal, so she's feeling a lot better. Remember, she had gotten yeah, injured. Yeah, yeah. I think she. I think she got overdiagnosed, but we're still being careful. But. I think she took her last dos- dose of steroids and painkillers like yesterday, and uh, boy, does she want to go run and run around and play. And we're trying to keep her not to, but she doesn't understand. And I think she thinks she's punished for something, and I feel so bad about it. But like, you know, we still don't have any toys. She found a toy hidden underneath the sofa the other day and got it out, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> she started like running full speed around the room. So, yeah, a couple I days it might take her on a- Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, she's back. Caged no longer, you know. But, uh, yeah, here she comes. And so I think sometime soon I'm going to take her on, like, a short walk and make her walk the whole time and see how she does. Because, like, we are getting a little worried about her weight, etc. Like, we've been cutting back on her food a tiny bit, and she's getting mad about that, <laughs> you know, kind of stuff. So I've done everything you know, wrong. Like, Why is God punishing me? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So I feel, I feel bad, but, like, it's better than having her have, like, some kind of relapse and be seriously injured or yeah. whatever. So for anybody that was worried about that, you know, I had a couple people reach out. She seems to be doing very, very well. Natalie and I are those parents. We, you know, freaked out like this is our kid, you know, kind of thing. And neither one of us has had a dog before, so like we're gonna be overprotective. So, thankfully, she's okay. Better to be cautious. Yeah, yeah. Nice little inter- intermission from all the Magic Talks this weekend. So uh, I was gonna say the top six was pretty stacked uh, this weekend. There was a, there was a lot of teams that did really really well. Um, I wasn't super surprised by the decks that were played, but I was surprised by one that kind of, has there been an inkling of this human deck before in pioneer that we saw when the turn, um,
1: a little bit, um, you know, it, it's come together in the last couple of weeks, um, and people figured out that the, um, werewolf pack leader was kind of a big part of it a card that is easy to miss is just. As actually being a human, and it's a human. Um, it's a human, yeah. yeah. And the idea of curving that into a Mantis Rider so that you can draw a card immediately,
0: yeah. You want to curve your double green card into the blue white red yeah. card so you can attack for six. Dra- like this is this is modern humans bullshit, yeah, yeah. Which a lot of this is being enabled by the new card from Kamigawa that we had on our list this is a super high impact card. The new land, yeah, which secluded courtyard is secluded- not unclaimed territory. Secluded courtyard, yeah.
1: And uh, you know. uh, I, I I suspect that this deck will not become a huge part of the meta game. I think it's sort of a tier two deck, but it's very much in McVitie's wheelhouse, and he is awesome. So, uh, no surprise to see him doing well and was playing with you know with great teammates. Um, they actually beat us in the second to last round. They were our our uh, our second loss on day two. Um, did not expect uh Andrew Ellenbogen to have supreme verdict in his sideboard. So when I double angeled him in game three, I thought we were in the clear, and he untapped very quickly and started make taking game action as I was like, oh, I'm dead. I don't know what's I don't know what he has here, but I am you're, dying. You're
0: interested, to see, <laughs> you're interested to see what you're like, but I'm very dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, in I gotta say I kind of agree with you about the human deck. And like we could be wrong, right? But like I watched uh Todd put it through his paces on a stream yesterday. And it a I don't it just didn't perform well, which you know could be a thing. Like maybe he didn't draw well. He I will say this, he did not draw on the upper echelon draws, but B, especially the format online, has already seemed to be very hostile towards it. Yeah. Like very hostile. Like he got angered of the gods multiple times in game one. And I'm like, if people have main deck angers, like I do not want to be playing this deck in this format.
1: Uh yeah, that uh that makes sense. <laughs> um So uh yeah they I yeah, uh, I've seen some of like the fires list pop up a little bit. There's control with Supreme Verdicts, um, you know, even just like is it Phoenix with all of its spot removal. Now, granted, this is a deck that really takes advantage of people playing um, Flame Blast Bolt, you know, such a popular removal spell now with uh, Arc Light Phoenix and Voice of Resurgence out of Naya Winota um and so werewolf pack leader and mantis rider i think are are big winners in terms of that so i'm sure that helps but yeah i'm not a huge fan of the human deck um i think it's just a little underpowered um you know it's a lot of memorable cards like a company reflector mage but at this point pioneer is a pretty powerful format people are playing with treasure crews and and they're not even like playing four and you know thanking their lucky stars you know, D- Drake actually, you know, cut all of his Treasure Cruises from f- his Pioneer Phoenix list and is all in on, on three copies of the of the time walk. So, um, you know, a format where Treasure Cruise is not an auto include in your Canterpevy blue deck uh, should tell you something about the wealth of options that are available.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a really, really good point. And then, you know, the the Phoenix deck, gets pretty customizable, too. Like, let's say this human deck did get really popular. Or people started playing it again or just taking its lead. And playing creatures that are a little more resilient, like, the Phoenix X will start playing Fiery Impulses again. You know, they'll just up the number of those. And start having, you know, a, a card that's good against your one-drops and possibly two-drops, but also good against your bigger, heavier, impactful ones once they get a couple spells in the yard. And, like, yeah, you need a couple other spells in the yard, but let's be real, that's trivial for that deck to do. When you're running cards, like, you know, Consider, Chart a Course, uh, Pieces of the Puzzle, and stuff like that. Like, Lightning Axe, it's opt. It's not hard to make Fire Impulse be a bolt for creatures, and if you're casting, if you're casting a three-three for two mana or a three-three for th- for three mana, and they give you one to kill it, you're you're not a good, that's not good. It's, it's really really bad for you actually. Yeah, so
1: that's an easy adjustment that these decks can make if you know, humans decks start to pop up uh, more, which you'd expect at least a brief increase because of the of you know winning the trophy in the major event of the weekend. So. Uh, but yeah, i are going to give it a try for sure. I'm yeah. not, I'm not super high on it. Um, I see that I'm, I'm looking at the rest of the top six from this event, which I actually hadn't looked at until now. And I'm seeing a couple of the Phoenix, Lotus Breach, Monored, Azorius Control. Those are basically all the decks I thought that were going to be good. I also liked Wynoda a lot. So I was very happy when, uh, when Todd wanted to play it. Um, but I guess Wynoda did not do as well. It looks like Todd was the highest finishing one.
0: Yeah, it does look like the formats becoming a little more hostile to Winota, right? Like, it was known for a little bit, especially going into this. This is going to be played. It's going to be very good. It does have some natural prey in the fact that, like, Phoenix can just kill everything you do for the first couple turns of the game. That way, it lessens the impact of Winota, or it could have Lightning Axe for Winota itself, you know, because you're looking at four copies of Lightning Axe in the deck now. Plus, like, let's not forget, you know, Thing of the Ice very good against that deck. That's the big card. And then the... Cl- the clock that Phoenix presents is really good too. That's the thing, is like you get to play like a control deck. You know, you're drawing a lot of cards. You have card selection. You're killing all your stuff, your opponent's stuff. But half the time that you're doing that, you're bringing back art like Phoenix, or you're making a thing in the ice into uh the the thing in the ice. You know, you're making it the the, whole, the awakened horror on the other side. So it's not like it's just you don't have the the longevity that you do against some of the control decks where you're like, all right, well. I know i'm gonna get swept at least once or one for one or two for one a couple times and then i'll I'll keep coming you know the turns after that no they're attacking you they're killing you very quickly and then all those cards are going to either you know turn into a treasure cruise or turn into a temporal temporal trespass and kill you because if you give them two attack steps you're not coming back from that you know or if you get them three extra cards for one mana like that's so much card advantage for you have to deal with not to mention it's got expressive veneration in it too which is like the most busted card uh, I didn't check to see did any of the did any of the top six finishing teams have uh, twelve expressive iterations. Um, let's see. That was something I was very interested. In. I was like, "That's the card that I would expect the most to be in every single deck list." Oh, just see if anybody won. Anybody have Delver? Just check Legacy. That's easy. It looks to do like
1: it. Dra- it looks like Drake's team had. Uh... Oh no! Yeah. No, their no. Le- their Legacy deck was smart. a Jeskai deck, or so just assumed. Uh, It would have, but it it did not play Expressive iteration, so they're out. And then, yeah, this this team has a blue-white control deck in Pioneer, so none of the top six decks were were 12 iteration decks.
0: That's another deck I expected to do well this weekend, but I think, like some people were saying, that it was underperforming a little bit, was the blue-white deck, but I don't know. I think that deck's still really good. It did really well in the challenges this weekend. I mean, the Wandering Emperor is still a messed-up card. Uh, you know, decks definitely have a problem with a ton of uh, a ton of planeswalkers and stuff hitting the board. If you like have any other kind of removal for their creatures, so I think that deck's still pretty good. Did anything really jump out at you in uh, in either Pioneer or Modern? Is like, you know, this is maybe something we should have taken more of a look at.
1: um No, nothing uh, really super out of the ordinary. I would say the metagame, especially in Modern, was a bit fairer than I thought after last weekend. Uh, seeing a lot of the unfair decks do well, that they didn't really show up in paper and you didn't see a lot of them show up in, in the online results in the weekend, you know, modern challenges, even the, the 5k that was on, on the second day, which was like 300 something people. It was a nine round event. Um, so this is, you know, a big individual modern event. And, um, I guess that they have, they, they actually have more, uh, combo, more unfair decks in, in this event. This would be the one, I guess, three living index, um, and uh, Yawgmoth, and is it Breach? But these are all combo decks that are able to win longer games. They're not as all in. Um, you know, there's just so, I think there's so many counter spells around now um, that it's hard to be the the all in version of the deck. Uh, you know, I think is it Murktide is you know, essentially like the, the best mid range deck right now, or certainly the most popular. Uh, so that's driven people to play decks that are a little bit more resilient. You're seeing more. Um, you know, primeval titan decks that aren't amulet uh, pop up online, and those are historically good against blue decks uh, because you you end up winning with a land much of the time. Um, we're seeing a little bit more dredge pop up if you look at online results. So it looks like the the winning you know decks are the ones that aren't going quite as all in that are built to play um, you know play ha- built with some counterplay to them, um, and we'll see how things move forward, but. You know, this is not su- a super surprising turn in the metagame to me. Um, a little bit different than I expected. Still not seeing any Jun Saga, which I-, I thought would pop up, but uh, maybe just not good enough against these blue decks. Um, and we're seeing, after Control had such an abysmal weekend last weekend, um, the metagame narrowed a bit, and that helped out the Control deck a lot. So it looks like it c- uh, control stock is on the rise. That That's probably the more surprising thing. I thought it, control would continue to struggle, but uh, things coalesced a little bit more quickly than I expected.
0: Uh, speaking of things you didn't expect to see, have you been watching Spike stream at all lately? Uh,
1: a little bit, but I'm not sure what you're referring to.
0: Have you seen the mono black deck he's been oh, playing in, yeah. in, in modern? It is it's really cool with looking. Invoke Despair and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's he's trying out a new version with Golos main today. I think he has like one land that could yeah a cascade all the and Cataracts and probably cataract or something. Yeah, and I was like. I was like, I actually like this. This deck looks sweet. It's like Tron, but like not yeah. Tron. It just seems really cool. And I mean, I always like watching Extreme stream because of stuff like this. But he's, you made me think of him because he's actually been playing Jun Saga a little bit lately. And he's been having some decent results with it. But you can definitely see that it's it's not what it was. You know, that deck really misses Luris. It's still playable, but it really, really misses Luris. And I got to say this overall, when I look at the decks that showed up, it's almost like Luris didn't get banned, right? You're just like... Yeah, if you were just still playing their decks, like, well,
1: they just don't have Luris. You really don't see a lot of Shadow. Right. And I expected Shadow to drop off, because I think Lurus was a very important part of Shadow, more so than other Lurus decks. You also were seeing a little bit less Hammer, but Hammer's still around. Uh, it's still really good, yeah, too. it's still good. I, It, you know, it, it, it took a hit. So th- I, I would th- say the Lurus Bandit is actually having m- more of an impact than I thought. I thought it would be a little bit less impactful than this. Um I meant
0: more for, like, deck selection. It still okay. seems like it's still just the same deck. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: The ratios have changed. But, yeah, there's yeah. no, like, new decks that, like, Luris was holding down. Not That's yet. not the kind of card yeah, that like yet. that Luris yeah. is. Uh,
0: this is one of the reasons I was okay with
1: it. You know? Yeah. And I was, like, super okay with it. I was like, I think we're going to see
0: the same stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, maybe some Shadow players had to switch over to Is not Murktide, right? You know? Right. And, and maybe some or, or some Hammer players had to adjust their list and buy some Nettle cysts for their deck. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, not, not a huge impact in terms of what decks are viable. Um, just, you know, shifting the balance of power in the metagame a little bit. Speaking
0: of shifting the balance of power in the metagame, i gonna switch over to Legacy for just a second, because there's been a specific deck that I've seen just up and up and up in popularity recently, and it actually won one of the challenges. The it won the challenge on the 20th, and uh, that's 8-cast in Legacy. Uh, do you know the deck that I'm referring yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, that's playing uh, Cannoneer. Yeah, it's this and, like, the Days Undoing combo deck has been, like, a little more popular lately, too. But uh, this deck, almost everybody I talked to that isn't a person that's, I always pull, you know, like, you talk to me, I'm probably playing Delver, right? You talk to Harlan, he's playing Blue Soup. You know, he's playing some deck like that, right? He talks to people that, like, they have their specific deck that they always play. This is the deck that almost everyone answers, like, yeah, this, this is what I'm playing. The deck's pretty sweet. I think it's, like, pretty good. Uh, we call it 8-cast because it has Thought Monitor and Thought Cast in it. And then it's just a bunch of the free stuff. Like, it's got Chalice, Lotus Petal, Mishra's Bobble, Mox, Opal, Urza's Bobble. Like, we're going deep yeah. here. You know, it's got uh, Seed of the Synod as well in it, as long as Urza's Saga, and a couple of the cool artifacts to go get at one. And then the main way it wins is the card we're also talking about, the new one, Capacan in here. And then it's got Emery and Psy as well, kind of making those uh, those Moxes really powerful at powering out, you know, some nice little legendary creatures here early that do card advantage and can kill your opponent. And then, you know, you've got the Thought Monitor and Thought Cast to refill your hand. And you've got Force of Will. You know, you've got, you know, Aether Spell Bomb that can be looped a bunch, which is really good. You've got Retrofitter Foundry, Shadow Spear, and a couple other really good stuff in the sideboard. And you're look at a deck that its good draws are really good. It's gonna put a lot of permanents on the board really fast. It's gonna draw a lot of cards. But then it's gonna actually have some interaction stuff unlike, you know, the when you think about a you think back to affinity like during its heyday in Modern, it was like Affinity and Pod. And like Kiki Jiki were like the big decks to play against. And the way Affinity would win is it would just put six things into play on like turn one. And then like attack you for four, attack you for eight, attack you for eight. Or whatever of the next two turns. You know? And that's how it would win. And this is similar in some ways to the fact that it just puts everything on the board. But it has a little more staying power and a little more play to it. And this thing draws an exceptional amount of cards as well. And plays really well with Chalice on one, which is a big
1: deal. Yeah, um, you know the, we've seen Chalice Aggro decks like this for as long as Legacy has really been a format. And if you're an old, you know, old-time Legacy player, you can probably remember some of the really bad Chalice Aggro decks that existed. Those, those red that, decks that had the weird Dragon yeah, Stompies. And stuff. I, like I won a local tournament in like 2008 with Dragon Stompy, and that mm-hmm. deck had Gathan Raiders in it. I don't even know what that card is. So does. It's a top-notch unlimited common, so I'm surprised you forgot it.
0: Was this the one Was this the one that flipped over for five life or No, whatever? that's
1: Zombie Cutthroat from Scourge. This is the other free one. You had to discard a card to transform to that's more one.
0: I can see it in my yeah. head. It, yeah. it's, it's like three red red three red red for a
1: three-three. Gets yeah. plus two, plus yeah. two if you have no cards in hand, and has more if discard yeah. a card. This was a card that was hellbent. in my deck. Yeah. Uh, just because it, you Legacy. were often hellbent, and so it would just be a three mana five-five. Uh and it was easy yeah. to cast. Like with yeah.
0: you mention Blood Trinisfere Moon, you deck,
1: had a yeah. bunch of Blood Moons, Chalices, Trinisphere, and like that, that was the powerful part of your deck. That and and the you know this, these versions played Ancient Tomb and City of Traitors. Um, mm-hmm. now you don't really have to play City of Traders because you have so much Artifact mana with, with Opal. Um and and these decks have evolved over In the Petal, years. Yeah. Like the red version is now like goblin stompy because they just play Rabble Master and Legion Warboss as their threats. Um, which can be, you know, good standalones. And so the, the decks, they historically have been some really powerful hate cards and then a lot of really weak cards that fill out the deck because you just didn't have good options. And slowly over time, they've just gotten better and better as more cards have been added. You know, they pick up a card here, they pick up a card there when new sets are printed. And now what strikes me when I'm looking at these lists, and I'm looking at the one that finished fourth in the Sunday 5K um, but they're all pretty similar. Is there are just no more bad cards here. It is just all good legacy power level magic cards. Lots of card advantage. Good still a good amount of disruption. Actual threats that can clock you. Uh, you know, between Urza Saga making constructs and Kappa Cannoneer, or it's a horde of tokens from Psy, you know. So you've got your pressure, you've got your disruption, you've got your card advantage. So you're hit checking all the boxes there, and you're doing it in a way that your individual cards are all reasonable at least. They're either like you know the weakest individual cards are like Urza's Bauble, which cantrips, and the tutor targets for urza Saga, uh, which you often don't want to draw normally, but in certain situations when you're tutoring for them are really good. You know either Spellbomb, just a little bit of tutorable disruption, Retrofitter Foundry for those long grindy games, and Shadow Spear for when you need to get through a stalled battlefield with you know your Kappa or or Construct tokens. So all three make a lot of sense. Not going overboard on that tutor package because you can always just find a, you know, extra bauble or a mox if you need extra mana, Um, you know, so you have all that covered. You don't need to waste spots on something like Springleaf Drum uh, or things that people do in modern. So... One less
0: bad card yeah. in the deck. You know,
1: <laughs> even in, even in the mana base now, you know, you don't have to play we a bunch of basic lands. There's four Urza Saga, four ancient tombs, your colorless lands, Sea of the synod that helps you know all your artifact synergies. Two ottawara, which is a great utility land that we're seeing across a right, lot of yeah. formats, and then your two basics that you want, you know, um, so that you potentially have outs to blood moon. Although you do have artifact mana as well um yeah mox yeah. opal pretty but good there, there's just there. okay. there's this always utility with having a couple basics so the first couple are fine mm-hmm. um so yeah i i think this deck is pretty cool it didn't have a great weekend um you know i see i fourth and ninth in the the sunday event which is pretty good uh the legacy one was smaller oh i guess it was it was bigger than the pioneer one actually
0: yeah 150 I people that, like, i do think it's yeah i do think its floor is a little bit lower because you're not playing like Ponder brainstorm. Yeah, right. Which is weird. Like you're not you're not being able to keep more bad hands. And, and that's
1: always been the problem with Chalice Aggro decks is that they don't get to play those cards that are defined Legacy for so long. Mm-hmm. But and you don't want one drops yeah, in your deck. But you get to play Chalice the void that's, that's powerful and some other powerful options. But up until now, it's been too much of a sacrifice because of all the bad cards you have to put in your deck. Now that sacrifice is lower. The opportunity cost is lower, uh, and you get to leverage some really powerful cards that your opponents can't like Kappa Cannoneer that. You know, if they don't have the red blast when it's on the stack. Oof boy. <laughs> yeah, this card is
0: very, very good. It has word four. Uh it also gets it becomes unblockable whenever you trigger the plus and plus one counter on it. So like this card kills them in two turns. Like you play it, you do whatever, you, you cast it pretty fast because it has improvise. On your next turn, you like play a thing or three, you know, because you have like thought Cast and stuff in your deck, and all of a sudden it's a seven, seven unblockable. And then the next turn it's probably gonna be like a nine-nine or a ten-ten unblockable. Like they're not coming back from that. They're going to die. And uh, I know we've mentioned, like, you don't want to play one-drops in this deck, and then we talk about how impactful the one-drops are. i going sort to of point out to everybody, Urza Saga is in this deck. It helps get around Chalice of the Void. So that's the way they get around their own Chalice of the Void in this deck. It is a really cool thing that it can do. But yeah, like, I like this deck a lot. I think it's a very good deck to try out in the format, while also being a little lower on the price side for a Legacy deck. Not having to put dual lands in your deck, surprisingly makes that deck infinitely cheaper, Ross. Uh, when you look at this this land base, this is one of the cheaper land bases in all of Legacy that doesn't involve like sixteen basics, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Ancient Tomb a little bit of pricey, Urza Saga a little pricey, but other than that, you know, you're looking at Sea of the Zion Islands and Odawara. That's not that bad. Some of these bobbles and opals, yeah, they can be pricey. Chalice can be pricey. I mean, it's a legacy deck, stuff, like, like you know, <laughs> it's a legacy deck. But, but but on average, I mean, this is this is one of the more affordable ones that is still really really good. You know, like, this deck is still very, very good and has really cool draws and stuff. I actually need to get myself a couple of copies of Kappa Cannon here. I meant to pick them up this weekend and just forgot. But uh, this deck, really, really cool. I would definitely play it in a uh, tournament if I had a chance. I think it's really sweet, and I like it a lot. But we don't have to talk about Legacy too much more on this. I just thought it was cool to point out that there's, like, new decks happening even in formats that have, you know, don't traditionally have new decks too often. Jesus. Legacy decks. What's
1: Legacy decks are just so expensive. Oh, you just look
0: at the prices. Yeah. Do, you a, do you have a do you have a price for this one? Uh,
1: Goldfish says on tabletop, uh, a little over two grand. But Delver is That's like four. Grand. Cheap for
0: Yeah, take take out the duels though, in Delver. <laughs> if you take out the duels, it's like not that bad. But it's really funny when you look at decks like that. It kind of reminds me of Flesh and Blood decks, where you're like the actual deck itself, not that expensive, but the few cards on the side. You know, it's like in our game, it's equipment, In this game, it's it's uh, it's lands. It's like, well, the the prices went up six hundred percent or whatever so it's pretty funny like that but yeah overall a uh, pretty good weekend for for magic there's still some more decks to talk about if you want to do a little bit of that but i did want to take a time out here for just a second and talk about our sponsor want to make sure that we talk about barrister and man make sure you check out their website barrister for all of your needs for soap shaving any of that stuff uh if you want to you know Work on your appearance a little bit. Maybe make those razors last a little longer. Maybe make that facial hair look a little better. You want to have a great beard like Ross, or you want to have some good-looking facial hair like yours truly. Barbers and man can help you out there. Also, if you want to smell a little better, easiest way to be liked a little bit more by your significant others, make sure you don't smell. Trust me, I I, I know from from a, from experience. Make sure you don't smell. Try out their. Litany of soaps and great and great smells that they have, uh, including they got some new ones coming out. I think relatively soon, so be on the lookout for that. But that's barrister and man manoftwoends dot com. Ross, what's the code and what what do they get off? It is
1: MTG Rants two zero two two for fifteen percent. Yeah, fifteen percent off a checkout.
0: So make sure you use that. Let them know who sent you. So check them out. Uh, Did any other decks kind of like stand out to you this weekend? Lack thereof, you know, with online or in paper.
1: Um, like I said, the big decline in Shadow and Modern. Um, not altogether surprising. I was kind of expecting it, but still, you know, that's a big change at least. Um, you know, the the improvement of Azorius Control. Um, that did really well online this weekend. There was a lot of finishes. Yeah, on a couple of them from Wafo, so, you know.
0: Yeah, he, he, as yeah, I was going to say, we had some big-name players win the the stuff, too. Like, Wafo won, what did he win, the Pioneer Challenge? He, he won Modern. Modern? Jabberwock, won a Pioneer
1: one. With with Rakdos yeah, sacrifice, did which didn't really show up last week or in the you know in paper, but had a couple results online, and you know mm-hmm. it's the Rakdos sac- deck we saw with Luris just now playing Mayhem Devil, and you know what wouldn't surprise me as another addition to that deck that could be really good. And this was the, I think What's the that? card of the weekend for Pioneer was Fable of the Mirror Breaker.
0: Yeah, that one is really like that's a card I didn't really hear many people giving a lot of press to when we were talking a previous season, and it had a really, really big impact on the Pro Tour that happened a couple weeks ago. You know, Jim Davis went undefeated in the Swiss, you know, playing a deck pretty much geared around that card. I played with it. I was very impressed with how good the card is, and I wouldn't be surprised if you started seeing it in decks like this, too. Just copying Mayhem Devil, or even copying Voldarian Epic. Do you know the the
1: cool trick you can do once you have two of them? Let me know. So, uh, because the the creature itself isn't legendary they can you can copy other copies of it and so if you have two of them that aren't summoning sick on you, on your opponent's end step you can use one to copy the other then use the new one to copy the old one and keep going um f- for as much mana as you or yeah because they have haste for as much mana as you have so every one mana you just them. create a copy then they don't go to the you don't get sacrificed to the next end step you untap, then you use all of them for how much mana you have to copy your Mayhem Devil and make a million Mayhem Devils, and then all the tokens uh, get sacrificed in the end step and trigger for every Mayhem Devil that you have. So it's like uh, basically a <laughs> deck. It it, yeah. it, it, it it it's it, the damage output should increase quadratically, right? Because you know if yeah, that's the word quadratically. Yeah, um, I mean that yeah. with 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 a linear term as well. um
0: Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, that, <laughs> Quadratic yeah, just means I'm, I'm a polynomial you. of power two, or highest power two.
0: Yeah, I'm completely following everything you're saying, Ross. You have not lost me at all. Just,
1: I'm just saying, when you, when you see this number and you say it's increasing exponentially, you're wrong. It's polynomially increasing, which is a whole different thing. Exponents always outpace Common polynomials.
0: Common mistake. We hear people hold, say this all time. A whole the time. different
1: type of of increasing. But still, po- those polynomials will increase pretty quickly. So... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool little combo. I think copying, like you said, copying all the other things is really cool. There's a question of how many three drops you want in that deck, especially because you're playing Experimental Synthesizer. So, uh, you know, maybe eight is too many. You, you can you can trim down on it. But, you know, this is a card that has made its way into a lot of decks. Uh, Todd played two copies in Anaio Winota and they were good. I'm seeing lists now with four copies pop up. Um, I saw Dom Harvey do well with a Fires deck. You know, like the Fire's Transmogrify deck playing four copies of this, because the treasures it makes are valuable in that deck, it just gives you multiple tokens, you can start copying different tokens, you know, if you need to. It, that deck doesn't make as good of use of the copy, though, if you Transmogrify something else and get an agent, and then you start copying agent, now, you you know, Yikes. you know, the agent goes, uh, yeah, because it, even if the agent goes away, you still have the permanent, yeah, that's messed up. Okay. Yeah, that's just messed up. So, if you're able to like transmogify the treasure or the goblin that you get initially and then have the, the, what, whatever, the back, the backside something of the mirror breaker, like, oh, visage or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um Yeah, you can start doing some busted stuff. So, and I've also just seen it in mid range and as a value card, you know you're you're paying three and you're getting two two twos you're potentially getting some treasures out of the first two two you're potentially getting value out of the second one and you're getting two rummages you know up to two rummages on, on the second triggers uh, this is a lot of value for a three mana card uh so we're starting to see people you know find some homes for it. it's been very good in standard and alchemy like you noted was a really important card for the pro tour and it was so good that people are now trying to you know see how it does in, in older formats and looks like it's definitely making an impact in pioneer
0: yeah i mean so like when you when you first play it right, you get the two two token, and then the token is kind of a threat, right? Like if you if you get hit, or when it it's just when it attacks, right, you get, you get a, a treasure, you get a treasure token. Yeah, so when it attacks, it gets a treasure token, which is very important in this deck, right? It's a it's a sacrifice outlet, it's a it's a it's a ramp spell. It's just another thing, right? You know, if you've got Voltic Surge or something along in your deck, or it lets you play another spell that turn, lots of value from that, right? And then it gets it lets you rummage twice, which is huge. You know, especially if you're playing any of the the graveyard synergy stuff. Some of these play that. Some of them don't. You know, you have like Cauldron Familiar, in some of these decks. You know, you have um, a few other ways to you know utilize the graveyard for advantage. And then the actual Mirror Breaker itself, like the actual th- when the thing turns into Kikijiki, that's a, that's another threat in and of itself. So every part of this card is threatening. And I think that's kind of what we missed when we were looking at it's the fact that you know all the things by themselves you are like yeah that's fine, but when you put it all together on one card. You're like, whoa, this is actually a really, really good card, the way it plays out. I actually want to point out a couple cards in Jabberocky's list that were really cool. We saw Implement of Combustion, which is, you know, you remember the implements oh, from I know those what the card sets. does. This is a red one. You know what remember, it does? Yeah. Yeah, so this one's pretty cool. Helps him pick off like ragavans and stuff like that, but also it's just a little bit of card advantage while putting something into play. And also Virus Beetle made its way into his sideboard as well. you do is, not know um, what this one does. This is a... So it's it's ravenous rats, but it's an artifact. Okay, okay,
1: just a little value there. So,
0: yeah, just a little value. Uh, I don't know if it being an artifact matters other than uh, the anvil, which is which is a thing. Yeah. you know that does matter. Voltage surge. If you bring um, that in alongside virus speed, voltage surge. There you go. So there you go. There's two reasons for it to be a to to be an artifact. I knew it mattered, but like I, I was wondering how much. But it's really cool to see cards like that make their way in because like they're just so much. Like there's just so much value in this deck, and you get to kind of switch up how your value works out with these like draft commons. <laughs> and I loved seeing this in this deck. Like if you took away the um, the lands in this deck, this deck is extremely cheap. Besides like Meat Hook Massacre, because like they're almost almost the entire deck is commons and uncommons. that's Meat Hook Massacre, Thoughtseize, and then of course the lands are all like mono rares because just the way it is yeah. in Pioneer, in, the, in, in these formats. But yeah, I think this deck's great. I like it a lot. A lot of moving parts. If you don't like having to keep track of a ton of triggers in real life, this is not the deck for you. But if you like Tetrisy kind of magic, if you like little puzzles and putting everything together, this is 100% your shit. Oh, this shit. deck is extremely my shit. Yeah, yeah. This deck's your, your stuff. I would need some practice with this one. Like, I would have to play with this on Arena quite a bit. Well, it's Pioneer, so good luck with that. Well, I mean something along <laughs> the lines of it like you could you can play something like this in historic you know what i mean most yeah, almost yeah. every one of these cards is legal by the way like almost every one of these cards is legal in historic i think actually and you guys to play like frexine
1: tower legal.
0: yeah i think this deck just might be historic legal actually now that i'm looking at it i mean i don't know top up my head but i'm looking at it, i'm like i think all these cards are legal in fact so if you wanted to play test this a little bit on arena i'm pretty positive you can you can find all these cards on arena and yeah, mayhem devil's a really messed up card and stuff like that. So like I think this is a, the big winner yeah. from this weekend
1: is like the fact that these decks are bad. It looks like about kind of thing. According to Goldfish, it looks like almost three quarters of the decks cost comes from the two meat hooks in the mana base.
0: Yep. So if you randomly have meat hooks, like if you're a commander player or something like that, like I already have like one or two myself, uh you're you're halfway there, you know. Whoa, you get these
1: halfway there. Lay that on a prayer.
0: That's what I'm doing every time I'm doing anything. New <laughs> new, so. um, take my yeah, hand, Tanner. We'll make it. I swear.
1: I, <laughs> anyway. I like how you had to take a deep breath. You're just like I'm gonna say something I ate and I I regret. I'm gonna have to make Brent do more work editing this. Yeah, just yeah. Take-
0: it was it was all for Brent. <laughs> yeah, it was all for Brent. And yeah, like, I'm, I'm just seeing some cool innovations. If you go through this deck, too, there's different ways to build it. Like, I've seen the more, like, mid-range build. Like, there's one further down that has four Fable to the Mirror Breaker in it, along with, like, a Valky. It's got Croxa Graveyard Trespasser. Yeah, that, that's a different it's deck. It's got that, Bloodthirsty that... Adversary. It's got Bloodhall Priest. You know, Ikari we hadn't seen in quite a while, but can do some really nasty stuff. No, it's just good with Fable, like too, just... right?
1: Like, you, you play Fable turn mm-hmm. three, and then on turn four went the the trigger happens on your draw step before you get to play fourth land, you get to pitch Bloodhall priest and cast it madness and get a little extra value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that one's, that one's really sweet. So this card is really, um,
0: excuse me, this deck is really, you can kind of individualize it, make it for your own. However you like, you know, Hey, I want to be a little more mid range. There you go. You know, because you want cards like, like this one really takes advantage of Kolagons command and stuff like that too. You know, if you're, if Ynoda is big in your format, Kola's command's pretty good. It kills a lot of the creatures other than, than her but it kills uh the chariot too so nice little yeah nice little way to keep up on and the, them and, and chariots so their select. main
1: way of playing through
0: removal heavy decks yeah it's a way of winning normal games yeah. of magic where they don't just have the nuts kind of thing so yeah super excited about you know the future of magic with these formats these look great and that's kind of leading into what we're going to be talking about next week where we get to see what's going to happen with magic in the next few years hopefully we get to be uh, even more excited hopefully we get to be more excited and Ross I think you're gonna be I really do I think it's I think it's gonna come over well I'm actually optimistic
1: uh, for the first time in two years <laughs> almost three almost three years I'd
0: probably say yeah because like don't forget the MPL was like pretty bad towards the end too before, yeah. even before the world went to shit and uh I, I'm very hopefully optimistic how about that is that the best way to put it hopefully optimistic cautiously optimistic you're more cautiously i'm i'm like actively yeah. like looking forward to this because i'm not gonna lie I'm, I'm looking forward to it for a just for everybody to have what they want right You know, this is what people want they want this back B like you know brendan messaged me the other day and he's like he's like hey are you excited about this announcement i'm like i actually am i think it's going to be good because like the other thing that happens here too and this is a very selfish part of me thinking this that like if this happens and this stuff comes back i think seg reverses course relatively quickly if they start you know you're you're shrugging obviously you don't know and i don't want to make you have to comment here because oh i have no idea your bottom so. line but i think it is something that eventually happens because here's the thing if competitive magic comes back the need for articles comes back right that's a huge thing for you and your and yours around your area you know i definitely feel for all of y'all that lost your jobs and stuff you know you're living in roanoke some of y'all bought houses and stuff and like that i really feel for y'all when that stuff happens so i'm hoping this helps reverse that trend I don't know if the SEG tour will ever come back, but they'll do SEG cons, and that maybe they'll start getting some of the Grand Prix th- type stuff at SEG cons, which would be sweet. And you know, you could have stuff like that. And uh, if team events come back, I wouldn't mind running it back once or twice with you and Brennan. Just, uh, Just say the word. Uh, yeah, I know. I was gonna say I'm, I'm loaded and ready. He actually was like talking about it the other day. He's like, "Dude, I'm itching." <laughs> he was. He's so ready to do something. He actually started learning flesh and blood the other day. <laughs> And I told my friends in, in the Discord, and some people were like, Who's that guy? And like Brendan Candy was in there, and he goes, Y'all are all in big trouble. He starts playing this game. <laughs> Cause like he he would be utterly absurd at that game if you if you oh, really yeah. wanted to actually play it and stuff. Because that game is so mechanical and like so variance uh light that he would just destroy. But um yeah, I'm very hopefully optimistic. You're cautiously optimistic, so at least we're both optimistic together. And Honestly, I'm thinking about like how much fun it's going to be to have this episode if it's if it's moderately good overall. I say even just moderately good, right? Because I don't want to be negative all the whole time. I am going to rip them where they need to be. I'm sure you will too, because like I'm probably going to hate the wording on a lot of the stuff. Like I will probably I will probably be reading the announcement to y'all verbatim a lot. Like you know here's a paragraph, here's a paragraph. Because I'll say this: there was one other thing I wanted to talk about this week, but it kind of just didn't make it onto the show, and I didn't really want to harp on it too much. But they had the. Like one of those like State of the Union things the other day about Arena. And I know you just don't care and you hate it, but it was Oh, I saw about the state of Arena. And like I just want to make a few points. There. I was gonna if we didn't have something like this to talk about a lot, I was gonna just like read stuff off this and all the problems that I have. But I'm gonna tell you right now, anyone listening, if you're on arena, the fifty dollar thing that they've they've they're giving us is like, oh, we we've heard your complaints. Here's a way for you to buy wild cards. Do not buy it. It
1: is fucking awful within like two minutes Karsten did the math on it yeah (laughs) it's
0: it's better to buy 50 dollars worth of packs for you unless you specifically have to have 10 wild cards of rare wild cards that's fine but like when it comes down to all the other stuff and it's, it's whatever it's so bad for you and my favorite part about this is the way they worded it it's like you know what's coming they knew what's coming too they're like this is something we're only gonna try out for like six weeks and then we're gonna like come back to it, right? It's only gonna be available for these six weeks, and then we'll come back and look at it. So I guarantee you, in six weeks, they're a gonna discontinue it, or b gonna be like, oh, we saw that uh, it didn't really line up with some of the price points that it needed to. So here it is for like half off, you know. And they're gonna they're gonna word it in some way that they're doing you a favor when they're yeah. not. They're just gonna see how many people are I hate to say it this way dumb enough to just click the damn button at fifty dollars. And I don't want to say that because like I hate saying that. I'm sorry for saying that because like. Someone on here is gonna buy it for fifty bucks. Listen, it's because they just want it, right? It's exactly what they want. But like, you're the person they're trying to get. Like, you're 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 the mark here. And if you want to do it, do it. Spend your money the way you want. But just know that it's awful, and it's 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 so tone deaf. It's so brain dead. Like I could not. Like I was embarrassed watching them announce it. Like actually embarrassed, like you know, the secondhand embarrassment thing that I hate. Ross, I literally was like, "I'm so glad that's not my job." I could not yeah. have a straight face. I just chuckled. Yeah, because you're expecting yeah. this. Yeah, and that's like not even mentioning all the other stuff that they said. One of my favorites was um, that they're gonna, you know, they're 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 making a whole another non-rotating format. By the way, again, they're gonna do it again, and and then that one is going to so. What that's going to be is that's going to be every card released on Arena that isn't changed in some way. So it's all the paper cards as if you could play in real life, but a full, like, non rotating format. And then that is going to be billed as the road to Arena. I'm sorry, the road to Pioneer. And, you know, people were asking on Twitter, they are like, oh, look, we might finally get Pioneer, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it because they said this a year and a half yeah. ago. And nothing happened. They actually told us this is coming. And then never gave us an official announcement about canceling it, but it just got canceled. Even though I've heard people like Todd and some of them say that like they think they already did it and finished it, the Pioneer Masters, and then they just didn't release it because it would it would uh, mess with Historic and Alchemy too much. They would hurt that too much, that they had kind of just to shelve it and wait for the right moment for it's all that. It's possible. You know, they had to I like, kind buy. Of push it back. Very, I, sounds like something that would happen, <laughs> right? It sounds plausible. So I'm trying not to be too negative because I'm trying to be optimistic about next week. And if next week's announcement is good, I don't have to give a shit about it ever again. Because here's the thing. I made a decision recently. I've slipped once or twice in the last few months. But I made a decision recently that I was like, I'm just not giving the money on Arena anymore. I'm just just not doing it. If I can avoid it. Like, maybe I'll play one of the opens. You know, like, you know, buy gems for that. To try to make, you know, to play in a tournament. But, like, they do not care about how bad the economy is on the game. And you can tell. Oh yeah. As
1: long as they keep raking it in.
0: Yep. And, um, I'll say I think it's like people on Magic Online has increased by like forty percent over the last six months, or something like that. And I might be redownloading that program again soon. It's been a while, Ross. A while.
1: Welcome back, Tannen.
0: Since I've played. <laughs> like I remember, I qualified for a PP once. And I asked for to get my qualification moved to the next one, which normally they don't do, right? But I was like, I'm under contract to do an event on one of the weekends. One of the other weekends, like, you had two weekends you could play. One of the weekends, I was under contract, and, like, I showed them my, you know, I was like, here's my contract with, like, the stuff blacked out. But here's my dates, you know, because, like, in the, at the time, I was working in esports. And then the other weekend was uh, Eric Froelich's uh, wedding. And I was like, I'm pretty sure, like, half your, like, half the people at Watsi are going. <laughs> So, like, I don't think y'all can hold me to the same standard, you know? I don't think you can, whatever. And then they're like, well, there's the online option. I go, here's my screen name. Look at the last time I signed in. And I hadn't signed in in, like, seven years. <laughs> and they were like, okay, we'll we'll allow you to move it. And, I, and it even, like, it hurt me, too. I went from, like, getting the really good promo. I missed, like, the Snapcaster promo and instead got, like, one of the ones that was worth, like, half. And I had to drive, like, six hours or something. or something like that. Yeah, it was like one of the ones that was just not, or like Emrakul or something, which is like fine, but like wasn't, you know, the other one's like $150 yeah. and this one was like 70 or something. And then I had to drive infinite, lose the last round to not make it, like drive home, I'm just dead because like I didn't want to get a hotel. Like the whole experience cost me like 100 It was just awful. And so, so like hopefully all of that is fixed. Hopefully all of that is a little more positive. I I kind of wish, my other hope for all this is that we get a system where it can reward grinders if they want to, but it isn't like horrible for them, where they're incentivized to play every single weekend and kill themselves like over and over again. Uh, that was probably a, a bad way to put it, but you get them saying overwork themselves, overtax themselves.
1: That's a better way of putting it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you know, that's why I remain cautiously optimistic. You know, it's still Watsy doing these things. <laughs> And I I'm expecting something like you said, where next week they're going to, you know, try to they're, they're both going to try to backtrack this whole nonsense with arena and also try to backtrack the dismantling of the pro play system and give us back, you know, a portion of what they took away and then try to treat it like they're, you know, giving us the world.
0: Take takes away 100 percent four years later, gives back 60 percent. Look what we've done. for <laughs> yeah. you. And the, and the crowd rejoices. And that's what's going to happen. And it's sad, but that is actually what's going to happen. And people are going to be happy for it. And we're still going to buy their packs. We're still going to pad their bottom line. But you know what? I say we because I'm going to be one of those people, unfortunately. Because the game is so damn good. You can never quit, Ross. You can
1: never quit. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave.
0: Oh, yeah. Everyone was was the saying always say no one ever really quits? You know, like you just take us, you just take a sabbatical. Yep. Like, uh, we had a person top eight at the event this weekend in Flesh and Blood, named David Rude. Do you recognize that name?
1: I lost to him at Grand Prix New Jersey in two thousand three.
0: Yeah. So, for everybody who doesn't know, he's a Pro Tour champion, right? And we joked about this because I, I was joking on stream that. When he got up and he was doing a future meds, he's an old schooler, right? You know, he's like, yeah, you know, he's been around the block. And uh, he was, I think Brian Gottlieb was, in, was the thing. He's like, yeah, real old school guy, you know, pro tour champion. And he joked about it. And he goes, he won a pro tour in this year. And then he told me, he's like, this was his last pro tour. And he named the pro tour. And I started laughing. And I was like, Brian, that was my first pro tour. That was his last. Besides, like he came back for like Pro Tour twenty five, yeah. you know, like, you know twenty years later. But that was his last when he was like off the train and stopped. He like went to play poker and stuff. And I was like, that's that's how much of the difference in the gap is. But the, the, the old guys can still sling some cardboard. You know, we have to do it every now and then. But I think we're gonna call it here uh, for this week. I think it's a really good stopping point before I get even more mad about the economy of Arena and stuff like that. And I know you just don't care, and I didn't want to go off too bad on that, but. I'm gonna to try to save some of my energy and some of my rants for next week because I think we're gonna be going off the deep end with a lot of this stuff. Oh yeah, and we we might be singing the praises of uh, Papa Huey. You know, he may, he may have become the savior. I wonder how much of it was really him, how much he fought. I'm I'm assuming he's doing everything he can for the players. You know, to represent the the people who want to go out and compete. So hopefully it's a it's a really good one. I'm optimistic, Ross. I know you are as well. Even if you're gonna temper it in some way, but if people wanted to hear more about what you've been doing in your spare time, what you're going to be doing with your time going forward. Where would they
1: go? You should go to my Twitter account. I'm at Ross Hunteds, uh R-O-S-S-H-U-N-N-E-D-S, and that is where announcements of what exactly I am doing content-wise moving forward will get posted when I'm ready to do that. So follow me there. Um, the, and uh, part of that will uh, include my stream coming back, So if you want to follow me on Twitch as well, just to get notification when I start streaming, you can also do that, and I'd appreciate it. I'm Ross underscore Miriam on Twitch. Tannen, if you want to hear mostly baseball talk because spring training has started and that's all you're going to do now, where might they go? Yeah,
0: there's going to be some baseball talk. There's still some flesh and blood, and I will be talking a lot about magic next week. I guarantee that. Uh, you can go to at the grace on Twitter. Follow me on there. It's where you get most of my stuff. Uh, you'll also see me retweet uh, the cast quite a bit and just, you know, generally what's going on. Also, if you like really cute dog pictures, I've been posting some, some really nice ones lately. I got some good ones this morning, Ross. I need to take some more pictures. Speaking of her, she's literally laying down upside down right next to me, just passed out, right, waiting for me to get done. So I'm going to go play with my dog and get ready for hopefully a very optimistic cast next week and really looking forward to pushing the cast forward into that era of magic and i'm I'm actually looking forward to it i'm looking forward to us like getting some of our viewership back that may have lost that you know got disenchanted with you know losing competitive magic like coming back you know i'm I'm way i'm ready to see the world heal itself again and by that i meant the magic world ditto So thanks for listening this week, everybody. Uh, We love y'all, and we'll see y'all next week.